Are you ready to make positive transformation happen for you? Today, you're going to hear how some of the most successful people in the world have made it happen. Hello, and welcome to Transformational Energy Leadership with Dr. Matthew Allen Woolsey. These successful people and Dr. Woolsey will share advice, insights, tips, and tricks designed to help you incite personal action. It's time to bring positive transformational leadership to your life. Now, here's your host, Dr. Matthew Allen Woolsey. Hello and welcome to Transformational Energy Leadership. I am your host, Dr. Matthew Allen Woolsey, coming to you from the heartland of America. Now, during the show, I encourage you to go to my website, that's transformationalenergyleadership.com, do it over the commercial breaks, where you can learn more about me and my business offerings. Of course, you can contact me on social media, on Facebook and LinkedIn, and of course, I'm here on voiceamerica.com under the Empowerment Channel. Now, expressing gratitude is the most cost-effective thing we can do as leaders. And in fact, transformational energy or trans- transformational leaders do it all the time. And research shows that the net effect of gratitude, it boosts employee engagement, reduces turnover, and leaves team members to express more gratitude to one another, essentially strengthening team bonds. And sadly, managers and leaders can be heard saying things like, people want way too much praise these days, or there's just no time for gratitude, I'm just not wired to feel it, or I save my praise for those who deserve it. Do those sound familiar to you? Well, that's what we're going to dig into. Why aren't people doing this more often, expressing gratitude? So today my guest is Adrian Gostick, who works His work may sound very familiar to you. So here's a little bit more about Adrian. Adrian is ranked number three on the list of the top 30 global gurus in leadership and number nine in organizational culture and is a sought-after keynote speaker around the world. Adrian is the author of several best-selling books on employee engagement and corporate culture. And here, here they are. Here's a couple of them. One is called The Care Principle, All In, and The Best Team Wins. And all of them have been on New York Times and number one Wall Street Journal bestseller list. And today we're going to talk about his most recently released book, co-authored with Chester Elton called Leading with Gratitude, Eight Leadership Practices for Extraordinary Business Results. And I tell you, it's a smart, easy, practical, and a quick read, guaranteed. So Adrian, without further ado, welcome to Transformational Energy Leadership. Thanks, Dr. Woolsey. Appreciate your interest in our, in our work. Oh, absolutely. A great book, a great read, and I'll just tell everyone out there, you've got to get it. It's practical, and you can put it to good use. So, Adrian, first, we need to address the ingratitude myths that are out there. What exactly is this gratitude gap, and why does it exist? Yeah, we were sitting around with... uh, um one of our one of our colleagues, Marshall Goldsmith, and and we were in New York one day. We were just talking about this idea of you know Marshall is an executive coach to the stars, um, and uh, he was saying you know a lot of he said it's really interesting is a lot of sort of leaders that he works with understand that they need to be. And they need to be better at uh, managing their people. They understand that they need to create more of a human connection. And yet, what's really odd is that they don't do this. 
you know, we all know that gratitude is going to make our businesses better if we're, if we're more grateful to those people who work for us. And yet we don't. And, and that was really the genesis of, of this book was, you know, Chester, my co-author and I, we wrote a book called The Care Principle a decade ago. We've been teaching leaders how to, how to be more grateful for, for years. It's something that we all know is good for us, but we don't really do it or you don't do it very well. So that's really where this began, this gratitude gap. Right. And, and wasn't Marshall Goldsmith, he, he wrote the book, What Got You There, What Got You Here Won't Get You There? Yes. 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 Exactly. Yes. Yeah. That must and, 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 oh, sorry. Go ahead. Well, I was going to say that must have been a great conversation to have with him, considering the work that he does and the work that all of you do. And right. Why don't leaders express gratitude? I, I don't, it baffles me, you know? Yeah, and a lot of it is, you know, it's what we call this negativity bias where, you know, especially when you're a new manager, you're, you're so insecure that if you feel like, if I share credit, uh, it's going to diminish the credit that I take. And so mm. getting over that insecurity, that imposter syndrome is vital for, for a leader. And one of the other biggest reasons is just sort of busyness. You know, it, we're careless. We, 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 we neglect those people whose shoulders we stand on as leaders. Mm-hmm. Yes, and I, I can recall, you know, early in my career where having that, that inner struggle, well, do I share or express gratitude that might make me look like I'm not smart enough or I can't do it? And you, you write quite a bit about negativity bias in your book, and I, it, it makes sense, you know, I, on a certain level. However, that doesn't serve everyone well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a lot of... You know, in fact, it was, uh, we interviewed a lot of CEOs as we wrote uh, the, uh, the Leading with Gratitude book, and a lot of them told us, uh, Ken Chenault, who was an amazing uh, um, leader of American Express for many years, the CEO of American Express, he told us, you know, a lot of leaders get confused. They think that toughness is the antithesis of gratitude. He says, no, no, you can still be a tough leader and, and, and ask a lot of your people. He says, but you have to temper that with gratitude, too, every step along the way. You know, when, when we go bowling, I mean, back in uh, college, I, I, you know, you need that little credit of uh, phys ed, so I took a, I took a bowling class. And, uh, mm-hmm. and they teach you, first day, you don't aim for the pin because you'll never hit them. You aim for the arrows up front. And the point is, you aim for small incremental goals along the way. And, and that's what great leaders do, is they realize, look, I'm going to be grateful for every step you make in the way, instead of those leaders who go, well, when, the, when we hit the sales goal at the end of the year, I'll be thankful, or when we finally get that big project launch. No, you, you recognize and you appreciate every step along the way. Absolutely. And I say this on the show all the time, and I'll say it again, because it's so valuable. We are all emotional beings first, primal. That's just how we were wired. Then we happen to think. Then the logic kicks in. And if you make me wait till my next review, six months or in some cases a year, your annual review, that a long, that's a long time to wait. That's 364, 365 days to wait and find out, oh, yeah, you are appreciated. <laughs> that just doesn't serve <laughs> many people. <laughs> Well, especially younger people where, you know, and I know a lot has been said on sort of millennials and Gen Z coming in, but if you tell them, yeah, you know, hey, we're going to wait, uh, we're going to wait a year to give you any feedback on your performance, uh, yeah, they're not going to wait around. 
in fact, many, many organizations we're dealing with are finding ways to get people promoted, and the annual review or the six-month review has gone away. In fact, yes. many organizations are now calling it the continual review, where we're going to be work, talking with you every single week about your performance and where you're at and what you need to be working on. And, and that's what these younger generations need. It's, it's feedback. And it's, it's not just you know, constant praise for, for praise sake. Right. And I'm, I'm finding that dispelling that myth of the celebration concept of things, I'm finding as I'm working with this new generation entering the workforce that they're hungry for feedback because they do want to improve and it's not just praise. And what a great thing. I, I think it's such a nice shift for organizations to be doing ongoing having ongoing developmental conversations. What a good, healthy thing. You know, speaking of that, in Chapter 5 of your book, it's called I'm Not Wired to Feel It. And in there, you write about how our personalities and general temperaments, they're not set in stone. And you share with us some research about the London taxi drivers and other you know, points of research that you have in there that really dispel this myth that we aren't, that we simply cannot rewire our brains, but we can. Talk more about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's some fascinating work that's been done uh, through neuroscience. On, and then one of, the, one of the studies was, as you say, with London taxi drivers. You know, and a taxi driver in London is required to basically memorize a complete map of the city's, you know, Crazy streets. If you've ever been in London, you know oh, how yes. wacky these streets are. <laughs> yeah, and, and so so they did. Um, they did uh, MRI scans that showed the gray matter of uh, uh, the hippocampus, which is of course associated with memory and spatial awareness. In cabbies, is substantially thicker than the city's bus drivers who follow the same route every day. Was basically showing us that those you know are parts of our brains feature more plasticity. That is, and this has also been found in people who've learned a second language later in their lives, that, that different parts of the brains can, can become, in, in a way, more, more active, thicker. Um, and what we're finding is that our brains do adapt and change uh, throughout our lives. And that, that does buck some earlier, um, some earlier thinking that, that we didn't really, you know, our brains didn't really evolve after, after our childhood. And so, and what we find with this, though, is that our brains create these pathways. And this, is, this can be a problem for us sometimes, is that the pathways can be very, become very negative. You know, you get stuck mm-hmm. in traffic and, you know, ah, blah, 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 you know, you start complaining. And um, instead of saying to yourself, you have to rewire your brain to say, oh, wonderful, more time with that book on tape, more time with, with Matthew's podcast, wonderful. And, and you just rewire your brain this way. And it's, it's, it is difficult, but it is definitely possible. And that's the good thing about whether we're trying to teach ourselves to, to be more grateful or we're trying to teach ourselves anything later in life is that we have to realize, yeah, our brains are flexible, but it takes a little bit of work, but it's possible. Mm-hmm. And we can do it. So there you go, listeners. Our minds, they're, they, they, you can learn, you can rewire your brain to do this gratitude thing. And so this excuse of there's just no time to do it, it that, doesn't, that doesn't work. <laughs> it just doesn't work. And there's also something that you mention or you write about in your book, and it talks about with age, you know, as a human's age, simply growing older can create positive personality changes. Talk about that. Yeah. 
<laughs> no, no, of course, not in everyone. As we know, some <laughs> people don't get any happier as they grow older. But, but yeah, but as we do mature, we usually do become a little bit more agreeable and conscientious, and we develop a little bit more of these uh, deeper emotional abilities, such as gratitude. And gratitude is a deeper emotion that many people, unfortunately, haven't developed earlier in their lives, that some of us, we do tend to grow up and we too tend to be rather narcissistic. We focus only on ourselves. And yet, as we grow older, our personalities can match how we, we see ourselves, but also, they can also change to help us see the life or see life around us in a better way, and especially those people who are helping us. You know, we all are here because of so many people who give and, and, are, and are positive in our lives. And it's, and it's opening our eyes up to that. That's, what the, that's the beauty of gratitude. And there you, yeah, and that's just wonderful. And I, I agree with what you said too. Well, it's the life experiences and everything else. And, and so this is a great place. Well, let's pause right here because we're at a commercial break. And when we come back, Adrian, let's have this conversation continuing around gratitude and talk more, even more about human motivators and, and so many other things. So for all the listeners out there over the commercial break, go to my website. That's transformationalenergyleadership.com. Check out my coaching, consultative and training opportunities. And we will see you back here in two minutes. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. The White House doctor makes house calls. Listen every week for House Calls with Dr. Connie Mariano. Dr. Connie has served as the White House physician under three U.S. presidents. Now she joins the Voice America Empowerment Channel to help you enrich yourself physically, emotionally, and spiritually. Our guests will include professionals from a variety of fields who will bring you tips that you can apply to your own life. Listen for House Calls with Dr. Connie every Thursday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. When you learn to see things from a spiritual perspective, it changes the way you see virtually everything in your life. Listen for Dr. Paula Joyce and her program, Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit. Our program will help you get rid of the negative aspects of your life and invite love, joy, and prosperity into your life. Turn that negative feeling into a positive one. Tune in to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit, every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Are you looking for life's answers? How about the meaning of true self? Can you really be a better person overnight? Well, good luck with that. Now, if you really want to know more about this insane world and life we lead, tune into Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. You'll learn about how the brain operates under different psychological conditions. Some common sense. Heck, you might just actually learn something. Listen Tuesdays at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Empowerment. Success starts here. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. It's your world. You are tuned in to Transformational Energy Leadership. To reach Dr. Matthew Allen Woolsey or his guest today, you are welcome to call in to 1-888-346-9141. 
That's 1-888-346-9141. If you'd rather send an email, send it to mwolsey at transformationalenergyleadership.com. Now, back to this week's show. And welcome back. I'm having a conversation today with Adrian Gostick, the co-author of Leading with Gratitude, Eight Leadership Practices for Extraordinary Business Results. And now in the first segment, we talked about the myths pervading thinking of many managers and leaders that justify not giving gratitude. To the contrary, gratitude is the smartest, simplest way to motivate others, and it's cheap. So why don't leaders give gratitude? Let's keep on talking. So, Adrian, I, I have to say I really appreciate how you and your co-author, Chester Elton, address the idea idea of compensation not really being the ideal motivator to incent desired behaviors in the workplace, or it's not the primal. Yes, there is a place, of course, for compensation and for money, but it's not everything. And, in fact, you talk about the compensation threshold and how there really are 23 top motivators that incent employees that leaders need to pay attention to. Now, when I say 23 motivators, it's not I have 23 motivators, but there are top 23 and each person has one that's more, you know, more, more prominent to them. So would you mind, let's talk more about this. What do you mean by compensation threshold and these motivators? Yeah, no, and it's, we did get into this in Leading with Gratitude is that a couple of years ago, we worked with uh, some PhD psychologists, some uh, clinical psychologists and, and psychometricians and a team of behavioralists to, to develop what we call the motivators assessment. And we've now had more than 75,000 people take this assessment. It's about 100 questions, and it spits out from 1 to 23, your motivators. And, Matthew, the, the, the odds of you and I having the same, even top five motivators of those 23 in common is more than a million to one. And so what we found is everybody is very unique. My top motivators are ideas like creativity and autonomy and family. Uh, Chester, my co-author, his top motivators are ideas like like family, actually, for him, friendship, fun, and service. We're all very different in the way we're wired. And it really can help us not only be able to sculpt, as a leader, if I know, if you work for me, I know your motivators. I can help sculpt your job. I can create a more engaging work environment, but it's also a lot more effective in helping me know how you want to be appreciated and how you want, uh, I can show gratitude to you. So these 23 are ideas, everything from ideas like learning and, and ownership of issues, uh, fun, empathy, etc. So while I wish that things were as simple as a lot of authors out there will tell you, these are the three things that motivate people or the five things, that's actually not true. We're all mm. much more complex than we've ever imagined. And what we find in this assessment, money is a motivator for about 10% of the human population. It's a very high motivator, actually. So when some psychologists say money is not a motivator, that's actually not true. It is quite high for some people. But for many people, it's more of a satisfier than a motivator. Those other 90% where it doesn't fall very high, it's more of a satisfier, which basically means if I cross the threshold and I'm making enough money to pay my rent or my student loans if I'm young or, or you know, whatever it is, then there's other factors that typically become more important to me. Ideas like impact is typically more important for many people or, or learning or family, etc. So it's, that's one of the, the main drivers is understanding what motivates our people and then being able to align their work and especially their rewards with what motivates them. 
And that's so, so important to understand what the motivators are and how do you find those out? You have to have conversations with people in depth and to really be curious and learn about the individuals that we're working with because you're right. To a certain point, for, for many people, once the money thing is not an issue in terms of survival and those kinds of things, rather that it's that satisfier, it's those other deeper things. And yeah, I would say for, for me, it's it's ongoing learning and to be um, regarded as someone who has something to you know, contribute to a conversation versus someone else, like you said, who maybe family is the prime motivator. So I think that's so important for us to have this in this conversation today is we've got to really understand what those motivators are. And so, Adrian, I have, I have to ask you this. So let's say that I am a person who doesn't necessarily express gratitude very often. And people know me as I'm hard-nosed, I, I have high expectations, and we deliver results as a team. That's just how I operate. Then all of a sudden, they come into the office and start expressing gratitude. Won't people, for <laughs> say, lack of a better word, think that I'm being fake or in, in being inauthentic? Yeah, that's a great question, you know, because, you know, I hear this a lot. You know, I'm going to look like I'm trying to manipulate them. Well, you will if you say, hey, thanks, Matthew, for getting that report in on time. Now, here's three others I'd like you to take on. Yeah, that is a little manipulative. No, that's not what we're talking about here. What we're talking about are, are leaders who are willing to be vulnerable, with something that I know you've talked about a lot, and being vulnerable and being authentic and saying, look, Guys, you know, I've had my nose down, my head down, I've had my, I've had myself focused on maybe the wrong things, and I'd like to change. I'd like to be a more grateful leader. Um, it's part of our human makeup to root for people who want to grow and change, especially our boss. Mm-hmm. Who wouldn't yes. love to have their boss come in and say, I haven't been really paying attention to those good things that are happening around me. You know, Gordon Ramsay's built an entire empire on the premise of, of transformation. You know, we love it in movies. Mm-hmm. And, and human beings, we are designed to give people who are trying to make these positive life changes the benefit of the doubt. So the important point here for leaders is to be upfront with their teams. You know, I realize I've got to change, uh, and I want to show more respect to the team. And who is not going to be accepting of that? Now, of course, you won't, you won't be perfect in this. I'll come back to our friend Marshall Goldsmith who says, you know, change like this takes courage. Uh, it takes, you know, because you got to admit, you know, you got to be vulnerable. It takes yes. humility that I'm not perfect, and I do need to enhance and improve myself. But it, most importantly, I think it takes discipline. you got to stick with this, and, and you got to be allowed when people call you out, and it's okay. Absolutely. And I have to tell you, that was a turning point in my career. When I made, went around that corner and realized I can get, when I invited others and said, okay, here are the things I really want to work on, it was awesome. Just like you said, people cheer for you. They want you to succeed. And it's such a, but you have to be vulnerable, like you just said, and realize that they're part of the journey when you bring them in. It's, it's fantastic to have that support there. So, I, yeah, you know, I, and I, what I really like about your book too is you, you, you divide, two sections of your book in well the first part is called about it's called seeing so you really leaders need to see and then the second part is expressing so let's explore this area of seeing and why you dedicate so much of the book to seeing well the first thing that we found about gratitude it's 
you know, when we think of gratitude, you know, a lot of times people will say, oh, okay, I get it. No, we have a recognition program in our company, and actually gratitude, I think, is very different than recognition. So I'll put you on the spot, Matthew, and I'll, I'll ask you that question is, what, what would you kind of say is the difference between recognition and gratitude? Mm. I would say recognition is recognizing something happened. Gratitude, I think, takes it a step further, goes a little bit deeper, and makes it more, um, links it to things that are important to the organization, um, values, I think, comes to mind. Hmm. How am that's I doing? Great. I love that. <laughs> yeah, no, that's great. I know, and I'm putting you on the spot. And, and so that's, no, but that's, that's excellent. And I always get interesting answers, too. And I, and I think one of, the, one of the ideas for me is that gratitude has this two-part component. You know, the first is that it's, you're actually seeing good things happening, and recognition is those ideas, you know, you're expressing them. Um, but gratitude is definitely involves, um, you know, walking in other shoes and having greater empathy. Um, but gratitude doesn't happen if you don't have your eyes open. And, mm-hmm. and those leaders who, who suffer from this gratitude gap we talked about it earlier, uh, they, they simply have this information deficit. They don't see the good behaviors that are going on around them. And that's part of the frustration for us employees. You know, we've now surveyed with our work, with our other books and, and leading with gratitude, we've now surveyed more than a million employees through, through research partners. And one of the things we hear over and over again is my manager doesn't appreciate my efforts. And interestingly, too, my manager takes credit for my work, which is one of the huge frustrations of employees. And so, yeah, do you feel like employees are feeling unappreciated? Yes, but in some cases, they're actually angry that they're not being appreciated. Right. I, I, when I read your book, I was thinking the same things. I remember those, those moments or those times when you're working a lot of hours and really investing and you're giving it your all and then there's no recognition of the fact that you've been in the office late for, for several days or weeks in some cases and I, I can really feel it. And I think one of the key words that you just said there when you're describing gratitude is really seeing things and having empathy, being able to understand the walk that a person has in their own shoes and that's that's what's so very, very important when people are hungry to hear is that you really get me. You're validating who and what I'm about if I'm getting it. So makes am I making sense, Adrian? Oh, absolutely. And one of the one of the best stories, we, we interviewed Alan Mulally, who was the CEO of Ford Motor Company, and actually saved Ford Ford Motor, came in in two thousand six company was about to go bankrupt, and by 2014, when he retired, uh, the company had, uh, you know, 15x in their stock appreciation, uh, went from a $6 billion loss, uh, I think it was, no, actually a $13 billion loss in 2006 to a $6 billion profit in 2014, you know, a remarkable leader, one of probably has been called right. America's best CEO. And one of the things he told us, uh, in fact, we had a great interview with him, spent a few hours with Alan, um, but actually one of the things that he did when he first started, he had a town hall meeting. So every Ford employee around the world on, the, on, on, a, on, a, on a video conference, and the first thing he did, he's standing on a big stage, and there's a beautiful Ford standing next to him, all polished up. So he invited the two guys who had been spent the day polishing the car up onto the stage with him. It was the first thing he did. And, and he said, let's get these guys a round of applause. Look how beautiful this car is. That's the kind of attention to detail we need here at Ford. And, and, 
And the other executives said, this is really interesting because every other Ford CEO had tried to, you know, kind of show how important he was, brought up the other executives, the board of directors. This guy, this new CEO, brings up the lowest guys in the room to tell them how great they were. And he says, it was just a, it was just a sea change, that idea of empathy. These guys had been working hard, but nobody would ever say thank you to them. This was the Ford culture, not in the new Ford culture. We're going to acknowledge great work wherever it happens. And they said it was just a sea change that was remarkable. Yes, and just hearing you describe that, I could just imagine being in that room and everyone feeling the shift of this this organization's changing, and we have to, and this is the guide to do it, because if we don't, the organization's going to go down. And certainly, what a remarkable story. I, I'm sure you collected many, many insights from him that this whole concept and idea of empathy, it's it's it, it spills out just like that, where you're in front of people and you recognize these are the individuals who really are demonstrating who and what we're all about and recognizing them. You know, in fact, I know in Chapter 11 you were talking about exercising or working your empathy muscles. Are there? What's another example of what we can do to really work our empathy muscle? Yeah, it's a, it's a good idea. Yeah, or sorry, it's a good concept, this idea of, you know, the empathy muscle because – not all of us are wired this way. Empathy, actually, for me, on those 23 motivators, falls pretty low. And yet, when I had them, my employees saw that, they went, but you're empathetic. I was like, well, actually, I'm really not wired that way. I, I, I work on it, and I, and I try to be very careful when people come in to, you know, to talk to me about issues. Because, again, it's not something that really I get up every day to go, oh, my gosh, I want to go into to the office to be empathetic. And uh, what mm. others do. Other, you know, and it's a great leadership quality. And I, I, you know, I wish I were more naturally this way. Um, and so one of the things that uh, we have to do is, is one of really, to develop this, one of the simple ways is you, is you develop a, a listening pattern. Um, Mark Tursik, who, who is the CEO of the Nature Conservancy we interviewed, and he really talked about this idea. He says, I was always trying to cut people off in, in conversations, trying to show how smart I was. And he says, so I, I, I realize that when I'm talking to people, I have to listen to them. I have to ask questions. He says, my, part of my job, he says, a huge part is going to events and schmoozing, you know. He said, that started to be more fun for, for me because I was paying more attention to what people were saying instead of just telling them all the things that I wanted to tell them. And so in the book, we, we have a list of questions in there that, that you can ask to you know, to, to get people on your teams talking with you, to open up a little bit, you know, just simple things. You know, what are you working on? Who are you working on in the company? And what have you learned from them lately? Or, you know, what's been your best day at work in the last few weeks? But more importantly, why was it your best day? And so we have lists of these questions that, that can just get people talking to you in a more empathetic way. And the trick, of course, is to listen and not to tell them, you know, again, just, mm-hmm. okay, that's not right. Let me tell you what's really right. Accepting of of people and their views, right? That's the biggest shift right there. And I I love how you phrase that, develop a listening pattern. So that feeds into that whole first section of your book called Seeing. And when we're going to about, about to go to break here, when we come back, let's dive into the expression and what does it mean to really express. So for everyone out there, stay tuned. We'll be back here in two minutes. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. 
Tune in to Lead Up for Women. Speak up to Lead Up as we celebrate the influence of women in business and beyond. Your host, Colleen Biggs, speaks with guests who have stories to share, have faced adversity, and have become success stories in business, in their communities, and in personal accomplishments. Join the strong and the brilliant ones and understand that the world is ready for you to be at your best. Lead Up for Women is heard live every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Empowerment. Life-changing events can have positive and or negative repercussions. When they happen, they can feel elating or devastating to those affected. It can also get in the way of your personal and professional life. On Life-Altering Events with host Frank Zakari, we examine the scope of these events and discuss how to move forward in the wake of the opportunities presented. It's never too late to get started or pick up the pieces and move forward. Listen Tuesdays at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern, on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Are you where you want to be right now? We live our lives sometimes looking at others and thinking, the grass is always greener on their side, not realizing that we have the power within us to pursue our dreams. It begins with a head start in the right direction. And that head start is with host Carla D. Walker and From the Inside Out. Believe in your abilities and take action. Listen live every Tuesday morning at 9 a.m. Eastern Time and 6 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are tuned in to Transformational Energy Leadership. To reach Dr. Matthew Allen Woolsey or his guest today, you are welcome to call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. If you'd rather send an email, send it to mwoolsey at transformationalenergyleadership.com. Now, back to this week's show. And welcome back. Today I'm talking with my guest, Adrian Gostick, who is the best-selling author and sought-after guru in leadership and organizational culture. His recent book, co-authored with Chester Elton, is called Leading with Gratitude, Eight Leadership Practices for Extraordinary Business Results. And in this, it addresses the infectious power gratitude can have, not only in business, but in all of your life. Now, before the break, in the previous segment, we were talking about how leaders really need to see things and to be observant. The second part of the book is all about expressing gratitude. And in your book, Adrian, you talk about this, and it's much more than just simply saying good job. So tell us more. What is it that we need to do when we're expressing gratitude? Yeah, and you know, one of the things that I think it's really important to mention is this is not just you know so a book that's telling you to shower more thank yous and hey, we think you're great on your employees. No. This isn't mm. just, you know, walking around high-fiving people. You know, for expressions of gratitude to work, they have to be genuine. They have to be specific. Um, and it's not just about giving credit where it's due. It's actually knowing where it is due. And so that's why it becomes really powerful that when you do start expressing your appreciation, that it becomes very real because your people know that you, that you recognize and, and appreciate value that's brought. And so the second half of the book, we spent a lot of time, and again, we, 
We've interviewed more than a million employees over the last decade. We've we interviewed dozens of CEOs and senior leaders of large organizations and some smaller ones in here as well. So everything from nonprofits to uh, to some of the world's largest companies. And what we found were eight practices that, that leaders have used to integrate recognition and gratitude into their practices. And they, they, they range from ideas like, you know, soliciting and acting on input, which is actually really acting on input that your employees give you, uh, assuming positive intent, walking in their shoes, looking for small wins. And these ideas like, you know, not being afraid to recognize, but also looking for the small wins. Uh, tailoring it to the individual is a huge one. You know, a lot of times we'll hear managers who tell us, no, no, I'm the Starbucks guy. You know, somebody does something great in my team, I'm the Starbucks guy. They get the $5 Starbucks card. And hmm. uh, I had one manager, after I kind of, you know, talked a little bit about this, he said, uh, he says, I was the Starbucks guy. I, he says, you told me that recognition needs to be tailored to the individual. So I, I kind of didn't believe you. So I went around, I asked my people, and he says, I had one woman who told me, she says, no, I really appreciate your, the gift cards you give me. She says, but I really don't drink coffee, so I give them to my neighbor. And uh, he loves coffee. <laughs> <laughs> she, he says, I've been recognizing this woman's neighbor for uh, the last couple of years. You know? <laughs> and so, you know, so there's a lot of ideas that we have in here about how you actually do this and do it right. Yes, and they're so uh, practical and, and spot on. So for everyone who's out there listening, you've got to read this because it's right. And uh, the the gesture of gratitude there with that Starbucks card, okay, nice, but it doesn't mean anything to me. That's the point. One of the points you're getting at is you really – we have to go out and we have to – really be curious, ask questions and get to know those people that we're working with because you're right, it's not going around just doing the high-fiving. Now, I can also hear skeptics out there wondering, okay, so Adrian's saying gratitude's really important. What, when you think about expressing gratitude, how often is often enough? One of the things we find, I've, I've asked a lot of groups this question is, uh, who here feels like they get too much recognition? Too much gratitude here. You know, oh, my gosh, if I get one more plaque, I'm going to go ballistic. Uh, nobody has ever raised their hand. <laughs> not one and person. Huh? So, yeah, exactly. So it's typically not the problem. Now, what we do find in our research is that, and this, this isn't just only our research. This bears up in, in raising kids. Uh, you know, so psycho, uh, psychologists have found this. It's also industrial psychology. But it's typically it's about five to one positive to constructive criticism that is the best ratio. A lot of times, fortunately, leaders kind of think of it as one-to-one, you know. Uh, Mm -hmm. Hey, Matt, you know, good work on that podcast. Uh, Next time, though, would you remember to always take the breaks? You know, and what do you remember afterwards? Do you remember the negative? That's that's just how we're wired. And and so what we find is it's it's not two-to-one. It's not even three-to-one. It typically takes somebody about five positives for them, me to be able to accept those constructive criticisms that you're going to give me. Um, and this is also, you know, if we're raising kids, it's sort of the same thing. You know, when my, my son was playing soccer, you know, he was a goalie, and you, you, you couldn't, hey, you know, you got to do this, and you got to do that, and you got to make sure you did it. No, you have one thing as a dad I could say afterwards. You know, you probably should be playing out a little bit more when the team's down the other end. Da, 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 da. That's all I could do. And the next time I could do one other thing, because, but I had to, you know, give positive praise on the other side, too. Um, mm-hmm. Because who do we take criticism better from? Somebody who beats us up all day long or somebody who lifts us and lifts us and now and then says, ooh, I've got to make a correction here. 
You know, of course it's the latter. You know, yes. But, but instinctively at work, we, we get this penchant for perfectionism, and we feel like we've just got to get people, you know, kind of, you know, to, you know, we've got to beat them up and beat them up, and nobody responds well to that. No. And along these lines, I really appreciated the metaphor that you put in your book about imagine yourself, you're at that soccer game that you were talking about, and having the audience, telling the audience, no clapping until the very end. Well, to save the clapping until the end, how stupid <laughs> does that sound? I, and I, really, yeah. I went, you're right. So if we think we shouldn't be giving praise or we shouldn't be giving gratitude and making it, expressing it in a meaningful, specific way that you were talking about, if we said... Uh, it just put it all in perspective. I was like, "You're right, Adrian. No clapping till the end. That's just silly." And, and only if they, and only if they win, right? And only <laughs> yeah. if they win. Yeah. <laughs> you're right. You're right. So I that I think that really helps when you say the five to one ratio. And that five, it doesn't take much if you're really observant to just say, "Adrian, I really appreciated today in the meeting how you spoke up and brought this point of view to the discussion. Did you notice how?" The, it just shifted everything, and everyone got really engaged. It's that means a lot, and that's all. What did it take for me to say that? Five, ten seconds. That's it. So, yeah, Isn't that great. And we, and we just don't do it. I, I mentioned this earlier. I was talking about values, and I'd like to get your perspective because I know you write about this. That core values really are vital when you're expressing gratitude. And talk more about that. What do you mean by core values, and why they're so important? Well, you know, every, well, and I shouldn't say every, but just about every organization has core values. When I go into them, and, and you probably do the same, when you visit different organizations, one of the first things I'll do is ask to see their mission, vision, values. And, and if they go, yeah, they, we got them around here somewhere, uh, it's typically not a good sign, right? They, they should be, if you're going to have them, they should be inculcated in people's hearts and minds. But in many cases, you know, organizations have spent a lot of time and money developing their, their core values. They've tried to communicate them to all, but they just don't really know how to get them into people's hearts and minds on an everyday level. Um, they're sort of the platitudes hung on the wall. You know, the rowers all pull yes. in the same way. We're about teamwork. Awesome. Great. Um, then how do, you, how do you exhibit that? How do you reward people when they live it? So what we find is that really when you're grateful for people who live their values, and you reinforce those values, you know, it's one of the most powerful ways of, of, of getting people to understand the values in action. I remember one of our colleagues talks about, you know, he was in a, he was in a manufacturing plant, and uh, one of their core values was never miss delivery. You know, we're going to hit our delivery goals no matter what. And as he was walking through the factory floor, he noticed, uh, one of the uh, one of the workers was was at the uh, f- you know the freezer where they they kept all their lunches and their refrigerator and he was pulling a couple of parts out of the freezer and he was asking hey what are you up to and he says well it's hot and humid today and my parts are kind of increasing in, you know they're 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 swelling so he says I'm afraid I have to bang them together I'm kind of worried about defects and he says uh, so I'm I'm uh, so I put them in the freezer just for a few minutes and they slide right together and everything's good and he says well isn't that great. He says, you know, he's living our core value of never miss delivery, but, but he's also reinforcing one of our other values of no defect. So mm-hmm. this guy is living our values. So he says he gathers everybody around. They have a quick little celebration. He says, but I do this a lot. I make sure we're always reinforcing our core values in everything we do. And who doesn't tune out to that? You know, everybody's paying attention when somebody's being recognized. 
Mm-hmm. Yes, and when you as a leader realize, Adrian, this really connects to our core values in, in you know, addressing the specific behavior that was observed. That's really powerful. That means a lot. So, you know, before we go to break, I, I always ask my guests about energy because I really believe, you know, all of us, we walk into a room and we exude a certain kind of energy. And it's a makeup of, you know, the positive anabolic growth oriented energy and there's also that catabolic destructive we have to have both for survival as well as to have a joyful life and when i when i was reading your work and i'm curious to hear your thoughts about how do you think a person's energy fits into this whole thing called gratitude you know it's interesting because we wrote a little bit in the in the book as you may have noticed about energy because and we're no nowhere near the experts you are but but what we find with energy is is exactly right there's good and bad and and sometimes leaders think they're creating this 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 energy that will drive their people forward i'm going to lead with an iron fist and fear in a way to get people and no no manager thinks they lead with fear but a lot do by saying things such as, hey, if we don't get our, our quarter, quarter this month, I don't even know if I can protect jobs. Or, or they just they create this stress and threat. Look, guys, we've got to get this done. And, and they create an energy. It's true, but it's a terribly negative energy. In mm-hmm. many cases, it's the deer in headlights energy that we, fee, we flee we, or, we, or we just freeze. And, but there is a positive energy that comes through gratitude. It's when just what you said to me earlier about you know, those comments that I made in the meeting and how everything turned. I can live off that for a few months because I know my manager is noticing the good things that I do. That's mm-hmm. positive energy that will keep me going versus this negative energy that a lot of leaders believe is what really creates performance, and it doesn't. Yes, and, and right, and it'll drive you into the ground. You can't be around it very long. So thank you for that. Here we are at a, at a break, and when we come back, Adrian, here's my challenge for you to bring all this thing, all these things we've been talking about, about gratitude, let's boil it down into some succinct next steps that we can all take in our lives after today's show. So everyone out there, stay tuned. We'll be back here in a couple of minutes. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Tune in to The James Dentley Show and learn strategies for success in business and in life. Dr. James Dentley is a proven success coach who knows how to convert good into great. You'll find out from the achievers and leaders how they got to be the success stories that they are. And Dr. Dentley and his guests will give you the tools you need to follow in their footsteps. It's time to become the best version of you. Listen to The James Dentley Show, Fridays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time, on Voice America Empowerment. It's quite common for people to wonder whether happiness is real or just an illusion. Yet we all have an inner voice that is telling us that we need to change. Where to begin? Start by taking time out of your schedule every week for Revelations and Wonders, Secrets to Life and Happiness, with host Fabian Edju. There is a true beauty within your soul, and happiness flows from inside. We'll help you find that new confidence within. Listen every Monday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time and 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Life can be confusing at times. There can be uncertainty, disappointment, and an inability to clearly see where you're headed. 
but it doesn't have to be this way at all if you understand how to take the next step in your life. Tune in to Living the Miracle with your hosts, Michael and Raphael Tamura. We'll help you to find the deeper meaning that awaits you in your life, have certainty in yourself, and learn to be clairvoyant. Listen Wednesdays at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Empowerment. Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are tuned in to Transformational Energy Leadership. To reach Dr. Matthew Allen Woolsey or his guest today, you are welcome to call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. If you'd rather send an email, send it to mwoolsey at transformationalenergyleadership.com. Now, back to this week's show. Welcome back to the show. Today's discussion is about the power of gratitude. And my guest, Adrian Gostick, has been sharing with us the wisdom he and his co-author, Chester Elton, collected that inspired their most recent publication called Leading with Gratitude, Eight Leadership Practices for Extraordinary Business Results. Now, Adrian, before the break, in the last two sections, we were talking about how leaders really need to see observe what people are doing and also express in a meaningful way when doing, you know, expressing gratitude. And through that, in your book, you you ended the book with what's called a grateful life. And so I, I want to ask you, you didn't just stop writing about gratitude in terms of business. Rather, you tell the leader to take it home. Why is that? Well, one of the things we find is that a lot of times leaders will leave their best selves at work. You know, they're, they're funny, they're engaging, and, and what have you, and then they, they head home, and, and they just have no energy or enthusiasm for the people who actually should mean the most in their lives, their, their families or their significant others, their friends. And so we spent a chapter on this, and it's, it's actually, as people have been doing the pre-review of the book, um, the book's coming out March 3rd of 2020, and people have been saying, this is my favorite section. It's so useful. And I've been using this with my kids or my significant other, et cetera. Um, one of the stories was told to us by a, a guy who, who was a CEO of a big marketing firm in New York, and, and he said, you know, he was frustrated with a typical dinner conversation, you know, you know, the, you know, drill, you know, how was your day? You know, you just ask your kids, and they say, fine. They say, well, what'd you do? Nothing. So he instituted this practice where they go around the dinner table and they ask three things. Everybody has to answer their favorite moment of the day. You know, maybe it was catching that football pass. I got a touchdown in, in recess, Dad. You know, so favorite moment of the day, one person they're grateful for who's not at the table, and one person who they're grateful for who's at the table but who hasn't been thanked yet. And, and this, the CEO said, my kids crazy hated this at first. I mean, they thought this was the stupidest thing they've ever done. You know, for a week or so, we, we kind of did it. He says, now, he says, and he's, he was getting teary-eyed when he was telling us, he says, they went from dreading this thing to the point where they actually invite their friends over to do this with them now because they think it's so cool. And oh. it's amazing how it just changes our lives from, from just being so, you know, really self-reflective, so focused on ourselves to focused on others. And are we grateful? Yeah, I'm having, I'm thinking about one of the colleagues that I work with, and every time we have dinner, 
inevitably he says, all right, now stop. We're going to go around and you need to say what's one thing you really, really appreciate about the person to the right of you. And it sounds it sounds a little hokey, but it it's, it's wonderful. It feels good. Who doesn't like hearing someone else expressing something specific about you that they appreciate? And so gratitude, I'm just smiling thinking about it, you know, <laughs> about those people. So gratitude goes <laughs> That's great. Oh, so far. Yeah. So, Adrian, here we are at the end, and and now we need to pull all this together. So, what what would you say are the three to four things that we can do today to make gratitude a part of who we are as transformational leaders, no matter who or what we are leading? Well, this comes back to what you talked about earlier, Matthew. Is the idea is that we do all have these myths that we hold in ourselves that keep us from being the best leaders that we can. You know, we. We, we think that ah, people want too much praise these days, or I just don't have time for this, or I'm not wired to feel this way, or people are going to think I'm bogus. All those things we talked about earlier, that we just have to get over those myths. But we have to be reflective enough to see perhaps where we are falling short in our own leadership style. And then, after we do realize, okay, perhaps I am falling into a couple of these ideas and 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 the idea is you read through each of these chapters because you're going to see yourself or somebody you know in each of these the second then is how do we do this and as we talked about the first part is seeing is actually listening to your people asking for their input um you know developing greater empathy but also looking for those small wins so it's the first the second part would be seeing you know, am I looking for small wins that I can kind of thank people on an everyday basis and then expressing in a more powerful way by tailoring my gratitude to the individual, not being the Starbucks guy, you know, reinforcing those core values. What are my core values here on my team and am I reinforcing those? And one thing we didn't unfortunately have time to talk about was is helping your peers, the teammates recognize each other and be grateful for, to each other, helping them have the tools to be able to thank each other in very powerful ways. That's really how we bring it all together is being aware of where we're at and then seeing and expressing our gratitude. Couldn't put it any simpler than that. And there's your magical three, everyone, to do those things. So after this show, go out there and start observing and watching and really noticing that curiosity piece. Adrian, thank you so much for your time today. And and on behalf of the listening audience, I'm so glad you were here. Oh, and if the audience, anybody wants to get a hold of you after the show, what's the best way for them to contact you? I'm at uh, adriangostick.com, or our company is The Culture Works. Dot com and we'd love to hear from you and anything we can do to help. Fantastic. Adrian, thank you, thank you, thank you. I am very, I have such gratitude for the fact that you were here today. So thank you for your time. Really appreciate it. And for yeah, everyone out there, it. you bet. And for everyone out there who's listening, if you have a topic or something that you would like to have on the show, please feel free to contact me at transformational or mwolsey at transformationalenergyleadership.com. And until next week, continue to harness your positive energy and lead that transformation. And we'll connect again in another week. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Transformational Energy Leadership. Please join Dr. Matthew Allen Woolsey again for another edition next Friday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time and 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Have a great week.